Do the trashy pulp novels of the world have anything to offer? Our bestseller is all they're cracked up to be. Here at Terrible Book Club, we explore whether you really can judge a book by its cover or its ridiculous synopsis. You ever passed a book and thought, ugh, who's reading this? We probably are. Welcome to episode 176 of the Terrible Book Club. I'm Chris, and this is Paris. Hello. This time we read Beginnings, a Christian fantasy short story collection by M.H. Elric, self-published in 2023. I found this while on an Amazon short reads dive, and I was like, hey, we haven't done Christian fantasy before. Let's see what that's about. Also, it was really short. It took 20 minutes to read, so (laughs) thumbs up. It's a short story collection that took 20 minutes to read. Yeah, it's it's real small. Um, So, yeah, we were interested in it for its brevity, but also because, yeah, we legitimately have not read Christian fantasy on the show yet. So we thought, why not? It's a, it's an untrodden territory. Um, yeah, if uh, if this is your first time listening to this show, what we do here at the Terrible Book Club is we read books that we assume will be bad based on their cover, title, summary, or some combination of the three. Uh, sometimes we read books that our patrons, listeners, or friends recommend. But sometimes, you know, Chris just dives, dives through Amazon and comes up for air with the newest. Sometimes I'm just like, I need a short one. I need something real quick and... Lo- Thankfully, Amazon actually has it like it takes 30 minutes to read this. It takes about an hour to read this. So I'm jamming that like half an hour button and really going in there. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's all it romance. Actually... It's all jerk off material except yeah. this. <laughs> well, it's either. So I feel like with the short reads, either jerk off material or uh, horrible like MLM scams or like other types of scams. You know, it's like get rich quick with like fake books or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, cryptocurrency and all that shit um it's either scams or jerk off material but then christian store story collection really just just diamond in the rough here popped out it it really just like made itself known to me uh so anyway most of the time we are doing the opposite of what regular people do when they're in a bookstore or browsing the internet and looking for something to read and usually this experiment results in a hilariously disappointing read but once in a while we do actually end up liking or even loving the book uh, today, you know, we've really just got our usual barnyard language and obviously a, just a sprinkling of Christianity discussion, but nothing, nothing crazy. Today's, you might, this, this, uh, no, none of our episodes are ever safe for work because of our barnyard language, but this one, you yeah, know, aside from that. we're a whole lot over here. Very unchristian podcast in yeah, general. Yeah, this is, this is not a Christian podcast. Um, How about I'll read the back of the book summary, you can do the characters and setting, and then we can trade off the Ooh. short story summaries. Okay, sounds good. Since we had to summarize all the short stories, which honestly wasn't that much shorter than the stories. <laughs> yeah, I think we summarized them in maybe three to four sentences and the stories themselves were three to four pages. So it yes. was really 
succinct. Okay. Here's a back-of-the-book summary designed to pull you in. In the primal era of Tira's history, there were five people who tamed the wild creatures who threatened their world. One was a young woman bent on stopping a tribal war. Another was too old to shed tears. The third was a boy desperate to save his mother's life. A fourth only wanted to protect her children. And the last was a man who wanted to prove himself to the woman he loved. Their stories are the beginnings of the Tamers, the Equus, the Ixites, the Draconians, the Lycan, and the Eritam. Which is which? Probably the, the Draconian one's probably the one that tamed the dragon. I'm just going to wild guess it there. <laughs> anyway, well, you'll just have to read this Christian fantasy short story collection to find out. Or I could use the knowledge I already have in my head of the origins of words and how suffixes and prefixes work. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Chris. I um, So I didn't read the back of the book summary and went into this. I was bewildered because I, I didn't read that. So I thought all of these stories were about Earth. <laughs> Which There's led definitely to one some story that confusion. is Japanese. Like, let's be clear. There is one story about a Japanese woman. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I was confused because I thought this was just like, oh, regular Earth. But with fantasy stuff happening, apparently it's not. So, yeah. So our setting here is actually Tira or Tira, a magical Christian fantasy land. Also, my arch nemesis, I guess. Paris, uh, did you did you realize what that Tira is? Drop no. an A and it's an anagram for Earth. Oh, so it Earth but different. Eartha. Eartha. <laughs> but not <laughs> just a little different because it's got an A in it and I jumbled up the letters. Yeah. Tira. All right. And as for characters and stuff, we're just going to introduce you to them in our plot summaries. So for every book we read, we like to give the listeners uh just a little bit of a plot summary so that you all know what we're talking about when we're talking about what we liked and didn't like in the book and so you know you don't have to go back and reference this you just you know the general the general action the general characters etc all right uh chris i'm gonna start all right we'll trade off on these five summaries all right story one is the birth Anya, the British Isles princess, gets betrothed to save her clan because marriages always end wars or something. She gets ambushed en route to her marriage and stumbles into a unicorn giving birth in the forest, you know, as you do. Although the unicorn mom dies, Anya is able to save the filly and names her Fadia. They escape their pursuers and get to the wedding venue where Anya fulfills her betrothed clan's prophecy by showing up with a unicorn baby as a pet and therefore being the unicorn tamer foretold! Her future husband seems pretty okay at first impression, and the story ends abruptly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so again, to be clear, it's not really the British Isles Princess. It's really the Shretib Isles Princess, uh, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I added all this stuff because it was pretty clear to me that, like, this story was about probably, like... Irish, Scottish, British, Pictish, Welsh, some kind of British Isles person based on the context I mean, and like yes. the I mean, unicorn yes. being involved and like, you know, and all right. So, Chris, what was our next story? All right. This was Her Tears. And as you put a note here, it really does sound like an early Amorphous or Nightwish album track list for these <laughs> yeah. titles. Or generally, any power metal band or, you know, the whatever genre is lady up front with operatic vocals. Oh, no, singing. like, but that, that, I mean, that's not what Amorphous is, but it just has this kind of like sort of 
early early 90s gothy heavy metal tinge like this is like a tiamat album like the birth (laughs) her tears through the ashes a mother's instinct the challenge like those are all tracks really just like this this is an ep here is what this is (laughs) all right very lamely produced like the keys are like very clearly like from a casio keyboard that the keyboard player could afford because their mom gave it to anyway anyway her her tears tears. (laughs) it's about hana a Japanese clearly Japanese widower like let's <laughs> let's be real here I didn't read the fucking back of the book so let's just go with it who suspects her son who went to, to the store for cigarettes I mean a wife will not return which is bad because her food supply is dwindling and she's too old to farm and get her own food really seems like a shit son there's like I gotta yeah. go out and get some get some strange out here mob figure out the food yourself (laughs) yeah i mean she had a supply of food and the kid probably thought he'd come back in time but like yeah where was the plan b finding a wife is gonna take a couple months tops (laughs) like not minimally minimally rather (laughs) like god damn speed running (laughs) speed speed running marriage anyway uh she finds a griffin and its chicks in her barn and starts to feed them and gain their trust which makes her reminisce about meeting and courting her husband she prays once and her son comes home with a new wife the griffin really isn't involved in that at all no i forgot in the first story there was i think there were two prayers maybe one i think every story has exactly one prayer the first one might have had two prayers there's Um, one prayer all right through the ashes. Uh, <laughs> All right, through the ashes. A a what I thought a South Pacific Islander uh, named Felix is a pyromancer with a dying mom. He's too poor to afford a doctor, so he and his best friend Nick steal two eggs from the local dragon's nest to sell for enough money to pay the doctor. The pyromancer and the dragon get into a literal flame war, which bonds them and makes the pyromancer also a dragon rider, and he and the dragon become besties. He names the dragon Phoenix, returns her eggs to her, gives the doctor some of the scales she shed as payment, and the doctor cures his mom. To be clear, I want to make it a point to say that the pers- Felix in that story turned part dragon because of the bonding. I just want oh, that to right. be out there he for us to He did get scales and on. red hair. I forgot about that. Yeah, let's, we're going to talk about the mechanics a little bit later. Anyway, a mother's instinct. Dun, 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 dun. Two little kids want to adopt a wildcat. Okay, two little kids want to adopt a wildcat kitten they found near their hut. Their mom, Chetna, says no. So they ask dad who says yes. Classic kid Classic, move. yeah. Dad goes to a tribal meeting, leaving mom and the kids home. A different adult wildcat tries to eat the kids, but the kitten and the mom fight back. They are both injured, but recover with one prayer and some herbs. Chetna realizes she was wrong about the kitten and names her Dinatha. I forgot to know that that story also clearly took place in India, like on the Indian continent, like yes. uh, in India. The challenge. You mean Nidia, a, a demon. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, Nidia. All right, the challenge. Man, this one really sucked. Like, sorry, this story was just bad. <laughs> All right, you get two adolescents. They're hunting a wolf because the wolf has been eating the vill- their village's chickens. The boy, Balin, likes the girl, Livia. Livia gets attacked by a guy at random while they're hunting the wolf, and the wolf shows up right after that. They end up subduing the guy, and they befriend the wolf with jerky, and he becomes their pet instantly. 
Balin realizes he must propose to Livia because seeing her almost get hurt made him realize how short life can be or something. Livia wants to name the wolf Fang and agrees to marry Balin because he beat her in a race. Yeah, I mean, really, again, classic move there. Just Sure. Just don't race men, really. <laughs> <is it? laughs> yeah, don't. Don't race men. Don't. N- none of this. All right. Things that were good, Chris. What was good about this? Well, I mean... So this also kind of maybe leans into what was bad. Perhaps well, it's a two-sided discussion here. For something actively billed as Christian short stories, it's not really that Christian. Like they're not saying praise Jesus ever. It's just Deo there. It's just a God. So like the level of Christianity, it's not really trying to preach at you about Christianity, except I guess the power of prayer. But again, let's let's table that later for part of the broader Christian billing discussion. The good part here is that it's it's sort of reserved in that. Yeah, like look man, the levels of Christ in this were tolerable. <laughs> like I I was able to hang. They are surprisingly bearable. The only way Christianity shows up is when people pray one time per story. <laughs> Which is, like, honestly, totally fine. I haven't have an issue with people having faith and praying. Yes. Like, I that's fine. I mean, I there was there was like one notable exception of like where there was one point where the levels of Christ became unbearable, but it was very brief. <laughs> there was like just a little smack. I was like, oh god, how? But uh, yeah, I mean, I for, like you said for for something that was billed as a Christian short story collection, I was expecting way more like evangelical indoctrination levels of yes. of content and we didn't get that that was good that was a, that is a point in this book's favor i was like this is i if you didn't tell me that it was christian i don't know that i would have identified that this feels exactly like that period in the late 2000s early 2010s when there was like a lot of bands out there saying we're a christian band perhaps this was only limited to like the metalcore and post-hardcore scene that i fucked around with a lot but there was a lot of bands that were like yeah we're a christian band you're like what do you mean you're not there's nothing religious in your in your lyrics or any what was that that label was it tooth and nail I think that had so, yes. all the all the Christian like hardcore and and shit, yeah, wild time. To, to be clear, there are definitely metal bands out there that are explicitly Christian. Like Striper bands is all... the famous one, and then there's yeah, know, yeah, other ones. Or, or like you know, Demon Hunter and shit like that. And there's even more. I've heard Christian hardcore bands that are like da 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 Jesus Christ da 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 da. Like that's totally a thing. <laughs> it is a thing somehow. Um, but like this is that's what this book felt like is when you were like you're a Christian. Why? And I feel like a lot of those bands back then. Might might have just been hopping on the label to be like, yeah, I would like more money from a built-in yeah. audience. Mm-hmm. Why? Yep. Sure, we go to church, so our music is Christian. Yeah, we're going to pick up on that point later. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about other things that were good about this. You know, mm. for a self-published thing, the cover, the lettering on the cover, the formatting inside, all look pretty good. Like, look, we've seen a lot of self-pub stuff on this show, and this one looks fine. Most yes. of them look horrible <laughs> like <laughs> most self-published at least the stuff that we have encountered that's been self-published either looks abject abjectly terrible or it like looks okay but it's a little janky like this looked like i thought this came from maybe a legitimate christian publisher i was actually surprised to see that it was self-published um you know like we didn't have any weird typos like the reading of it was easy it was not horribly written i mean it's definitely like written for kids but yeah i so i feel like just the 
kind of the skeleton, the shell of this book was actually pretty, pretty okay. And I was, I was kind of impressed to be honest with you when I, when I read that it was self-published. Yeah. I mean the cover, I mean, it's not like they're doing anything crazy unique on the cover. It's like a lady in a sort of light shifty dress kind of thing. She's got magic on her hand and there's, Perhaps like a mountain with mm-hmm. like a city on it or something. But, but very the lettering the on it like looks yeah. okay, and there's like a little yes. graphic on the letter that actually looks designed. The lady <laughs> like... And the city look like they belong in the same space right. instead of looking like it was clip arted right. together piecemeal. Yeah. So some work was done here, or I don't know. Maybe there's some like Christian fantasy cover art repository. I feel like there's always like some kind of thing like that. Like the Christians always have their own version of things. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they ready always to go. It, like, Instead of unsplash, it's like it's like don't splash Christ the splash. holy water or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So like, just in terms of just the, its structure and the form it took was good. Was good. Um, it, all right. So I already said, oops, I didn't read the back of the book thing, so I missed that this was supposed to be like fictional races in the fictional end of Terra or whatever. I actually thought it was good that we got like variety, like cultural variety here. You know, we got people from the British Isles. We got like people in Japan, people who live on an island with a volcano, presumably like South Pacific Islander. We got people from India. I don't know what the fuck the last one was supposed to be, but like the first four did seem to go to different places on the earth. I mean, I guess on Tira, which is yes. stupid, <laughs> Please. but you know, so yeah, which I don't love, but, um, I did appreciate that there was some diversity in the stories and it wasn't all like a lot of fantasy stuff is very like white Western focused. And so it was just nice to be like, Hey, we got people who aren't that. Yay. Like, I was like, cool. I just had the realization. Thank you to the author for not going with the very obvious anagram for earth that I feel like a Christian book would go for heart. Like, that's real easy to yeah. do. And I feel like perhaps that was considered when they put Earth into the anagram generator. So props to the author for looking at that going, that's too on the nose. Yeah. I'll add an A in there and mix it up a little bit more. So I point for you. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, whatever. The fantasy names are dumb, no matter what you do. Um, yeah. And, and I always bitch about them. Yeah. I mean, and they're... So, I also like that every story is about developing a connection with an animal. Again... I totally missed the. I did not read the back of the book, like the summary thing. So I did not understand that this was like intentional to like be sort of a historical record for this fantasy world as to like how each of these types of people developed. I missed that part, but I was like, Oh, all the stories have like a connection with a non-human animal. That's cool. I like that for kids. I mean, there is one horribly glaring major problem with that, but we will (laughs) address that in the things that were bad section. Honestly, we might as well segue into things that were bad with this because my counterpoint to this is I feel like the title here is a little bit weird. Beginnings? Wait, no, it's not weird at all. It's about the beginning. It's about the beginning of each of these uh, groups of people, like the like the the unicorn, the horse tamer people, the equus. Like 
the lady we read about uh, Anya is like she was like the all progenitor. To be the first ones. Yeah, they were. These are stories about uh. all the first ones of each type of person who who had that connection with a with an animal. So again, I didn't know that unless I read the back of the book. So, uh, but uh, yeah. I see, I see. To me, so that that means the her tears story is like the Griffin is just there. It's not like the Griffin has anything to do with bringing the sun back. No, that's the praying to God part. The animals are unrelated. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's like, <laughs> so, like so. This is the other weird thing is I don't get like there's no rela- there doesn't seem to be a relationship between like praying to God and then also having like an animal mind meld. Like I don't. I, yeah, God just... doesn't come in and be like I bestow upon thee the the Griffin brains for you to can talk to and to control the Griffin. Maybe maybe eventually that happens. I don't know. Um. <laughs> what if God in this book? He's like he sees that happening. He's like having a stack, and he turns and looks down at the earth. And he's like, "What did they do?" <laughs> um, yeah, I gave everyone. The, I, I granted you the power. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I got to take credit for this That's... quick shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you can't even you can't even have some fucking Cheez-Its when you're God. You know, you can't just turn away for one second or the earth is gonna be doing some heinous weird stuff. Oh man, now this guy's like Don't half dragon. Wolf, he's gonna eat the kid. Oh my god, okay. Oh my me. Um Alright, so things that were bad about this book. Like I know, all right, it's it's pretty clear based on the writing style that this is definitely supposed to be for kids, but the stories are so short and, like, perfunctory that you just get no character depth, that you don't develop a reason to care about anything. I, I mean, don't, again, I, I, we explicitly picked this out because of its brevity, yeah, I feel like, but, like, I, I didn't realize it was only a 20-minute read. Like, I know I said, like, by timing there, I expected it to be, like, a half an hour or so and have, like, two stories like or three stories yeah. in it not like five like extra short ones yeah i think a better choice would have been to absolutely cut that last story that last story was terrible it was not good the other four had kernels of of like like you could see the author was like approaching emotional depth and then like ran away from it to end the story like before <laughs> like you I know just the, ran out of ideas i thought like the wife uh hana in the second story in her tears thinking about thinking back to how bonding with her husband was actually kind of difficult because of how scarred he was from war and stuff like that i was like that's yo that's like some good introspection and like anya's story you've got you know a strong female character saving herself like and also saving this other creature on the way and like you know going i mean honestly going into a shit situation like going to marry this guy she's never met but she's like trying to be reasonable about it she's like well i have to we have to end this war like this is what i have to do even though it kind of sucks and i just feel like you know at the end she's like oh he actually seems kind of okay and like so there's there's again there's like beginnings of of like thoughts about emotional depth and better greater character development I just wish we got a little more of that. And like you said, and I suggested as well, I think we could have got there if we just cut some of the stories here. Like, I really think, I think the challenge was very bad. I think that absolutely could have been cut. It it was not, it does not add anything. That's literally, we got into a race. She was threatened for a second. Then a wolf saved her. And then we befriended the wolf because we gave it a nice piece of jerky. And then we, yeah, yeah, it was very bad. Um, I also feel like, I don't know, the mother's instinct was fine but like if i had to choose three of them i would choose the first three 
um because i felt like I those agree. all had a little more going on that you could have expanded upon and, and gave a little more and you know and even though these stories are for kids again like don't shortchange kids don't um don't underestimate what they are capable of reading of enjoying of understanding i i feel like that happens a lot with lit for kids is that it's just so surface level and it's like kids understand a lot more than i think people give them credit for you know or at least so, give them the opportunity yeah to dig try a little, and like see that right like so so cut out the two stories that weren't as good keep those three that that were more interesting and like just invest more time into those three to develop a little bit more connection with the characters and a little bit more um sort of like internal dialogue and emotional emotional depth and and difficulty i mean this kind of to me did feel like a beer flight of christian fantasies (laughs) but they're all kind of like the same sort of ipa but two of them are a little bit worse than you would expect (laughs) yeah yeah that sounds about right um yeah like two of them are like drinking distilled weed and you're like oh <laughs> this is not pleasant <laughs> oh um yeah and all right so the prayer stuff right like i again i was like this is surprised this doesn't feel very christian to me the only christian thing was like they pray they pray to a god called deo which again could doesn't have to be like the christian idea of god um, but th- so there's exactly like one prayer per story. I think maybe two in the first one, but like it's answered by God in under sixty seconds, which is like <laughs> really, really funny. quick on this one. So he's I actually mean, not eating Cheez-Its up there. He's like really on point every single time. Well, that's because when he did eat the Cheez-Its, they were fucking merging with dragons. And he was like, I, I can't. I got it. Someone's <laughs> gonna feed me. The- I, need- I chop chop. I need an angel to feed me Cheez-Its so I can keep an eye on those damn humans down there. Uh, Monica, let's Listen, go. Just chop, answer the chop prayers. Maybe, the they, maybe they won't get involved with the animals <laughs> and stuff. Okay. All right. I'm just going to keep paying attention. I, this is really my favorite part of this whole book because, okay, if you're saying, oh, it's explicitly Christian, and the, really the only Christian y thing that's happening here is that a prayer happens. Are you trying to say that all prayer is Christian only? Yeah, man. Or, a lot of or is this a part where the God is real and answers prayers? Which even then, it's not like God appears in the stories to answer the prayers. It's just like the nice thing happens after they pray for it for a minute there. Dude, it's like so Jiffy it prayer up here. Coinc- like, like people are pulling <laughs> it in. It could have all been like coincidental <laughs> stuff, right? Like the son was coming home anyway from his like wife speed running or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, but like it just feels weirdly claiming of prayer and religiousness and faith in general as a Christian thing. Yeah, like I mean this could be these people could be of any particular faith. Um I don't see what's like you said what's explicitly Christian about it. I guess I guess maybe like how fucking transactional this is. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is how I feel like a lot of a lot of like kind of shitty Christians uh, can can be. It is weird to me because I don't know any Christian like I know a lot of people who are Christian, obviously, just by virtue of like living in the United States. Um, but I don't really know a lot of Christians who are like, oh, yeah, I prayed about a thing and it came true hours later. Like, I don't. I think people can sometimes bend over backwards to make themselves feel as though 
a prayer did something, but it's sort of the speed at which, yeah, like the jiffy prayer speed here we, we're getting <laughs> is comical to me and takes away any of the like gravity of having faith and praying. I just thought it was really weird. It's like, I don't understand. Like, so you teach kids that like, oh, they're going to pray and God's going to be right there with a solution immediately. Like, that's not a great thing to put in a book because guess what? That's not what happens. Even if you do have faith and are uh, Christian, I don't think most people expect that their prayers would be answered immediately and also exactly in the way that they request. <laughs> because Yeah. Literally in 60 seconds or less, or your next trip to heaven is free. I don't know what the deal is there. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you, <laughs> you, I can't go to hell. One time I asked for a parking spot, and you didn't give me a parking spot. Therefore, you kind of owe me heaven? Yeah, you kind of owe me, God. But yeah, it's <laughs> the, the transactional nature of it makes it weird for me. I don't know, because I'm like... You don't really want to be out there purporting that your religion is like guaranteed, guaranteed 60 second or less prayer solutions when that's very clearly <laughs> not happening. I, I just a strange thing to do. I think it would have made more sense if the characters, you know, drew on their faith to kind of give them resolve to finish a mission sure. or to get through something difficult because like that's more of the sense I get from, you know, people kind of people pray you know praying can help people stay centered you know stay focused and maybe yes. not not drift into negative thinking and that's fine but this whole like no god's really gonna fulfill your fucking prayer sticky note you know in in a minute flat i uh... i mean on top of that the kind of the centerpiece of christianity is the fact that jesus christ the son of god came down and sacrificed himself for you so you should try to live to be more christ-like so if you don't have a figure in your fantasy religion that is like the savior that came down to sacrifice themselves, isn't that just Judaism at that point? Right? Like it's just you just got the God there. You don't have the Jesus Son Savior figure happening there. Which would have been sort of the that's one of again the central tenets of Christianity. That's why the cross is up on every figure there. It's to remind you of how much Jesus suffered and his resolve right. to you know, like to die for your sins that's never brought up here that there's never the figure to like for them to think about oh, well sejuj sacrificed himself <laughs> for me before so i should have the same resolve yeah um i mean i i mean i can guess that perhaps in the main bodies of work in this fantasy series that figure does exist this is really just a short story collection to introduce you to the beginnings of some animal, um, like magical animal connected people. So I can imagine <clears throat> that maybe that is in, in the actual works. I, I wouldn't count that out. You're right though, that that is something to consider if this is supposed to be kind of a one-to-one -one Christianity, but rainbow or something, um, you know, Christianity, but with sparkles, uh, so yeah, that's a that's a good point, but again, I think this is more of a an a, like an appendix work. It's not really like the main body of the mythos, mm -hmm. so unknown. Um, True. The one remember earlier, I was like, you know, the Christianity in this is pretty tolerable. One the one thing I actually found intolerable was in the fourth story, uh, a mother's something, a mother's instinct. 
with the with the cat with the wild cats um that i thought took place in india um <laughs> uh there's a moment where the mom like the kids ask the mom like oh can we keep the wildcat kitten and she's like oh no <clears throat> and they're like please and she's like well we're gonna let your dad decide because dad makes the decisions in the household and i was like burn the hut to the ground and <laughs> run away <laughs> with the cat <laughs> like i just so there's just a just a little a little kiss of patriarchy in there which has unfortunately you know wrapped itself up in in christian thought so that was the one thing that i was like get that out of there get that one line out of there and i would have been i would have been fine speaking of irresponsible parenting yeah um there's a whole so so earlier again i was like oh i liked that all the stories were about sort of like developing a connection with animals but there was one glaring problem there and the glaring problem is that like Look, man, you can't walk up to a wolf, give it a piece of jerky, and then the wolf is your friend and lets you give it belly rubs. Like, that literally happens. Instant domestication. <laughs> Instant. It's just like, withered. Yeah, I mean, and it's that way in every story. Um, the, you know, the first story, the I guess the first and fourth stories are a little more believable because the first story, um, Anya rescues the baby baby unicorn like as it's being born and so it doesn't even get to know its mom so are unicorns born from unicorn butts yeah they're born apparently unicorns are born from the ass that's what this book taught us there's one line about reaching into the rear of the unicorn i understand that's also probably where the birth canal is yeah. to, to the back of the horse, of the unicorn, <laughs> right. I should say. Yeah. It but made... it just really reels like you're reaching directly into the butthole. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I also had a note about like, oh, we're giving birth from our asses now. Like, maybe just say, you don't even have to mention where you're reaching. People know where you're reaching to birth an animal. Can I say this like... book starts right away with the unicorn birth scene? So I was like, oh, we're going hard on this <laughs> one right now. <laughs> Like just describing like the the leaving of the birth canal and stuff. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Sorry. All I was saying is like I, it's it's believable. It's more believable in that case because you're literally dealing with a creature who was born into this world moments ago and whose real mother is dead. So yeah, of course it's gonna trust you because it it has no other concept of what to do. And yeah. The, also, Anya got the unicorn milk. There's a, there's a line about milking the dead unicorn. She did milk is, a dead unicorn, which that's is... That's some black metal dude, shit Dude, that's right hard there, as actually. fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was into that first story because I was like, damn, this bitch hard. Like, she she milked a dead unicorn to provide for the filly. She also helped the filly, like, be birthed because the unicorn, the unicorn, unfortunately, died in childbirth, in child, in filial, in... Philly birth. Baby birth and Philly birth. Um, it, it was having trouble pushing and Anya fucking got in there and was like I'm gonna do it for you and like pulled the baby out and she milked the dead unicorn and then she fucking buries that whole ass unicorn by herself <laughs> she's like what, she was the like hilt of a dagger <laughs> yeah and I was like yo that lady was there for like 14 hours digging out this giant like running grave. from bandits and she's like I just gotta like Horse, take care of this man, first horses are big I don't alright so those of you who haven't like ridden a horse or been near a horse they're fucking large animals they are not it's not like burying a dog burying a horse 
is an undertaking. I yeah, that part was a slightly funny. bigger horse because the horn you got to get that in the grave too, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah, a little that's bit. True. You got to make a little clearance for the horn. Um, you, you don't want to cover the whole horse and the horn is sticking up out of the dirt because yeah. people be like, "That's where the unicorn is." I'm just going to steal the horn. <laughs> You're right. That's true. But yeah, I was I was like, "Damn, this 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 lady's hard." I love it. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but really, like honestly. It, those were good elements to the story like we're, we're joking yes. and laughing but we're we're serious about that back to the bad thing i was talking about um depicting wild animals as being able to be tamed with a snack from a human one time is a terrible message to send to children and all of these stories have this element in them so it is not great like I know it seems innocent, but this sort of idea is actually pretty dangerous because it leads people to believe that they can tame any animal by being nice to it, giving it food. And that is not how that works because wild animals are wild, which means they are unpredictable and they are not your friend and they cannot be your pet in the vast majority of cases, no matter how many slices of pizza or pieces of jerky or whatever you give it. Like, if you just encounter an animal out there, you, like, this is why people fucking die uh, at national parks because they're like, I'm going to be friends with this bison calf or like, I'm going to be friends with this moose. And, and then they are die. They die. They die horribly. They are die. Or, they are die very quickly. Because, or they cause the, thing, the death like, of the animal because if it's a young animal, it'll get rejected by its if the animal keeps coming back for the food. Because it's no, oh, this is a food source for right. me. One time, you're not going to have the food. Right. And it'll be a little upset about that, perhaps. And then, hey, you look equally as good to eat to some of these wild animals. Maybe not, I don't think the moose are out there actually, like, devouring people. So the moose will just, like, I don't know, trample you or something. Yeah, because, once again, just, wild animal. Yeah, correct. But, like, so the, the wolf taming with one piece of jerky and then, like, instant domestication. The next generation has floppy ears and all that shit. <laughs> or... And then the wildcat one especially is just straight up Tiger King shit, right? It's like, oh, yeah, well, the other wildcat attacked us, but I guess if we tame this one from birth, it'll always be nice to us. No, instinct is a real thing, right? So they're not necessarily going to be completely bonded to you and guaranteed safe all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and again, like, I know this sounds innocent or silly. You're like, oh, why would somebody read... A fantasy book about taming animals and think they could well if all of your stories are about how easy it is to tame wild animals and they're for children then that idea can get lodged in their brain um and i just think it's a little irresponsible um it would make i mean and i know this the whole this is building up to like oh these people are special they have a special connection or something I guess, but I, I just need a little more there. Yeah, I need know? a more effort expended to do the first taming besides one piece of jerky. Yeah. Like, over time, perhaps, the bond is built. Okay, so where does the dragon one fall on this spectrum for you, Paris? Because Dragon was pretty wild, is, actually, because it's way crazier than the other ones. So the story is that the pyromancer takes the eggs from the dragon with the help of his friend. Right. And then when the dragon is pissed mm -hmm. and comes down to breathe fire upon him, he casts a fire spell at the same time and they like touch fire tips or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they get into a flame war. They are firing. They are <laughs> 
They do fire docking. They do. And then, like, <laughs> th- that is what turns him into part drag. The, I don't know, man. The mechanics on that seem real weird to me. Yeah, I don't get it either. I mean, and he's the first one to do this. No, what? No, th- it's an island of pyromancers. I'm guessing. Yeah, they like, all have. Too- they all have varying levels of ability. Of ability. With the dragons. Yeah, yeah. So no one's thought to do this defense against the dragon before. Well, by, like, I think that most people. I think in this case, most people are rightfully terrified of the dragons and don't want to get close to them. Um you know it just seems like suicide so maybe he is the first person to you know okay. touch fire tips with the dragon or whatever i just don't understand how like doing the fire makeout is how you get to I become a, like yeah so we we didn't i i forgot to put this in the summary but yeah um felix sorry his name is felix when felix does the like flame meld like the flame fight fire with fire thing and then they eventually just get really exhausted and stop he realizes or or like sorry no he feels like he's being consumed by fire but he keeps going and then when he's done he has dragon scales and his hair is red and he can he realizes that if he just thinks about it he can like hide the scales and make them look like skin and so his physical form is totally changed because he goes back to the village and like his family and friends like don't even recognize him so that one was a little strange because, yeah, I don't understand the mechanic there of, like, why would the dragon fire turn you into a red-haired dragon-scaled man? And why does any of that mean you could also ride the dragon? Like, there's too many things happening here based on one experience. Is the dragon seeing the person with scales now and thinks that's their young as well now? Like, oh my god, I almost burned you alive. Why didn't you have your scales before? Uh, like, yeah, maybe. Why? It's like, oh, you have fire too. I didn't realize that. Go ahead, go for a ride up top. We're the same, bro. Yeah, it it like you said, I just need a little more effort there to explain that part. Give me something. Give me something. Yeah, it just seemed a little like I could. What I would accept is if. They were in their little fire war, and then they both were so exhausted and, like, kind of stopped, and they look at each other, and the dragon recognizes, like, oh, you know, game recognizes game. All right, this, like, human's <laughs> got fire, too. It's as strong as mine. That's that's pretty cool. And the guy's like, oh, man, I guess this dragon can hold its own, like, and it is, it is pretty dangerous. And they just, like, kind of regard each other, and then, like, maybe later on, maybe, like you said, over time, they have more and more meetings and, like, develop something him turning into part dragon i don't know how to work that part in that seems maybe maybe falls in love with the dragon he's like i gotta be i gotta be like this dragon and then he goes to the doctor and he's like man you gotta make me more dragony i gotta get with my dragon love and he's like dude there's an old spell but i don't know and then he does it and it works and they're they get married. I don't know. They get married. Okay, in a yeah. I, honestly, I that was a much better idea. Where like, okay, to like to save my mother, I have to undergo this transformation to get close to the dragon. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. But what? Yeah, I just feel like, like I said, there's too many things happening based on one. Like, there's one moment, and then somehow it means he gets to ride the dragon, be cool with the dragon, kind of become a dragon. <laughs> It's kind of a lot, a lot. And also save his mom. And also save his mom. Um, yeah, the the, uh, the Griffin story was like particularly a non 
element in the story. The only thing it did, it just like spurred Hana to think about her relationship with her husband, but she was already thinking about it because her son had left to find a wife and like she was thinking about how, oh, when, last time my husband left, he never came back. So it doesn't, I don't get it. Like, there's the nothing. Griffin's just there. There's nothing. In the side, like, I would like some more grain, please. <laughs> it's like in the corner of the story, kind of begging for grain sometimes. Yeah, because it has babies and it's like, grain, grain, please. And Hannah's like, well, this is going to kill me faster, but sure, here's some grain. Is the Griffin injured? No. Do you remember if the so like just it'll go get food? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's just in the barn all the time. I, so there's not really a bond between Hannah and the Griffin either, besides she gave it food. Yeah, which is, I guess is the point most of the time here, right? Well, like give the animal food and you can begin a bond that lasts generations. Yeah, and gives you special powers. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, to be fair, if you give me food, you probably will create a bond well, that yeah, will last Well, yeah, but you're a decades. human. You're a human adult. You're not a fucking wild, non-domesticated animal. Um, True. And then the wildcat one, like I said, that one did make somewhat more sense because the children find an injured wildcat kitten, like, very young. So, yeah, I'm sure that for a little while that would work out. Like you said, until the kitten gets older, <laughs> then not so much. Um. And the wolf, yeah, the wolf story. God, the wolf one was so bad, both for the wolf parts and the human parts. That story was, God, why was it included? Just cut that story, please. Come up it's with not, some other way like for the wolf. Two people. young people kind of flirting for a little bit and deciding, like, oh, I guess we'll stop flirting because our lives were in danger this one time. Yeah, I don't understand what was holding them back before then. I guess is the I problem. Think just because they had never, they have never come up against like mortal danger. And you know, having having a brush with death just, often helps people recenter and reconsider. That that part made sense, but like, I, sure, I suppose. I just always hate that device as like a romance spur. Yeah. I know it's totally possible. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's not real or anything like that. It's just I don't like that as the device for romantic inflammation. That's <laughs> a very medical term. There. Yes. Yeah, I also don't don't love it, but it is fine. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, I guess if we're done talking about all the the animal stuff, do we want to go to our final point here? Sure. Yeah, so our final discussion point is like, look, Christian fantasy has been done so many times. I'm not sure we need another version. Like, what is gained by doing this again when Tolkien did it and the fucking Chronicles of Narnia guy did it? Like, I... I mean, it is a moneymaker, as, since as we were talking about before, like Christian media is a huge market, and maybe that's just my answer. Maybe that's the reason. Easy sales. Like, I'm not knocking it, since the author seems like legitimately Christian and is a teacher, so she probably needs all the extra revenue streams she can get to survive. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you, we're not going to knock that yeah. part whatsoever, but it's just, I don't know. It, like... it seems like this could have been more fleshed out. This is another thing that seems like a bunch of summaries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about that earlier about how we just needed, you know, the like cut the lesser stories and beef up the volume in the in the better stories that you had. You know, you don't have to put out everything. You can you write don't. things and then also shelf them when they don't have as much meat on the bone. Let's yeah, say. Yeah. Or or like you know, I understand that her purpose in this was trying to give us the beginnings of all five clans, but like 
you could have done you could have done just the beginnings of two or three and then published the other two I later, mean, honestly, right? Like you missed out on a real publishing opportunity. Just have those be five separate books. <laughs> right. If you want right. if you're in for the cash, you really kind of blew your wallet here <laughs> really early. <laughs> yeah, I mean in the in the grand tradition of self publishing, yeah, each one could have been separate, or like I said, you could have um you could have had the start of them in this book and then like finish them in another one, whatever. But you didn't have to put all five and have them be kind of short and only half half there. Um, yeah, so I guess, can we fix it? Yeah, we talked about this. Um, make the religion stuff less transactional. Get rid of the little kiss of patriarchy. Rework that last story or just cut it. And make your human and animal relationships more responsible. And this, th- honestly, this would be totally fine for little kids. Like, if we're like, hey, I need a bunch of little little fantasy stories for my kids who go to bed at night. Like, fine totally fine if if you made those changes totally fine i don't really have much more to add there paris that's basically the same thing i would say uh, for the first time ever somehow i'm gonna say i don't know make it a little bit more christian if you're gonna, <laughs> like bill it no as a christian don't thing. make it more christian it's got it's got a okay, it's got a little, but, but, well, but, a little touch of christianity leave, leave sure. it at that don't don't make it more Christian. but like in the way that tolkien and C.S. Lewis did it, right? Like, they didn't say it was Jesus Christ or whatever, but they just used a lot of the trappings of things there, which you could do in here. And I again, perhaps it's filled out in the broader Tira series or whatever you want to call it, yeah. whatever it's called. But I, I, it's just so upfront about it being Christian, and then it's kind of not, except there's a prayer one time. But I don't know. I think that's good. Like, for me, that's a point that's a point in its favor. Because I think if you were writing a fantasy story that was like, in your face christian i don't know that kids would really want to read it they have to i wouldn't want, yeah. think about kids that to have to clear, buy this stuff like because they, their parents I, don't I have let an them issue read with anything the else mar- it's the marketing that i have oh, an issue yeah. with like if you're just very upfront christian christian like so make it that i mean or just make it a fantasy series and just don't don't say it's christian because like it'll be obvious once i'm assuming once people read the kind of the primary texts of this of this series and not this sort of, you know, appendix extra thing. I imagine it'll be very clear. I don't, yeah, I don't know. But again, if you put Christian on it, then people are going to buy it because they don't let their kids read, you know, anything else because they think it's going to make them a Honestly, a real lose-lose for us in, in this corner. <laughs> what do you mean? Just like, you know, if it's more Christian, then we'll be like, ew. But if it's less Christian, then I'm like, what's the deal with the marketing? So I guess yeah. it's just pick and choose how you promote it. Really. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's fine. I, I disagree. I, I disagree with you. I think um, saying it's Christian and just having one one prayer per story is enough. I feel like, you know, these, <laughs> poor, limit. these poor people have to, these poor kids have to like, go to probably go to fucking mass or whatever evangelical shit they're doing i don't know they're they're doing a lot of christianity in their every day so i think if they can read a story and just have to deal with like one prayer per story that's saving the kids mom can we read lord of the rings no we have lord of the rings at church lord of the rings at church yeah this is is lord of the rings at church um no this is more chronicles of narnia at church it's more childlike it's definitely for younger readers this is not at Lord of the Rings level. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I gotta say, like, I was presently surprised by this. I thought that, I definitely thought that it was gonna be overbearing with its Christian sentiment. Same. 
and it was actually fine. Like I said, you know, I got some 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 quibbles, but those could be easily fixed, you know, in a second edition or something. Um, yeah, I don't know. Wasn't as terrible as I thought. Uh, and you know, pay teachers more. I'm just gonna end <laughs> with that. That's the main. This thing, author yes. is a teacher. You know, she's probably writing this to fucking make rent. Like. Pay teachers more. Pay teachers more. I'm going to keep saying it. God damn it. Pay them. Pay them. (laughs) All right. Speaking of paying people for work. Yes. Let's thank our patrons for paying us to do this. Yeah. Thanks, patrons. Thank you, Greg, Veronica, Will, D, Jared, Arant, Senior, Jakub, Lycoris, Elliot, Kieran, Martin, Jay, Luchek, Miri, Yanka, David, Julius, Anya, Patricia, Austin, Donnie, Beast with the Least, Scott H., Robin, Laxstodes of the Void, the ass-birthed taco-eating unicorn. <laughs> Last Man on Earth 01, Funny Robot with Antennas, Hobby Boy 93, oh Harry, God. Mason, Renee, Emmy, The Ugly One, Bleach Black Cat, Julius the Nice Dragon, who you can touch fire tips with, I guess. Eastern Swiss, Rudy Bo Booty, and our Kofi donor, Kiwi Thing. That might have been the best secret joke you've ever pulled on me. Um, <laughs> we actually just got another patron before we recorded this. Oh. Um, do we want to add in uh, Ben Durgan guitar? Hey, it's Ben. I know Ben. Yeah, I know. Hi, Ben. I know Ben, too. Thanks for listening. Ben is great. I love Ben. He Ben Ben Durgan does do the guitar good. That's what I know. He did a very funny parody of a Bruce Springsteen song that I appreciated that was about pooping your pants, which is my favorite kind of song <laughs> yeah, parody. Ben is hilarious. Uh, he's a great guitarist. I do that all the time, just every day. I replace lyrics about shit in your pants with common song lyrics. It's very fun, and you should do it all the time. Uh, yeah, I actually I remake all songs to be about um, mice or mouse. Um, that is what we do in our household. You might remember from a previous episode, I forget how long ago it was in TBC time. In my time, it was earlier today, but in your time, this episode could have come out six months ago. I don't know. We're recording these all fucking out of order. It's a mess. This year's this mm-hmm. year's a nightmare. Anyway, mm-hmm. you may remember me talking about uh, the Highlander TV show, and it is uh, it is one of the things I put on to uh, numb my brain into paralysis <laughs> and sleep because it is just so nothing and bad. Uh, and uh, you may also remember me talking about how much I love the theme song, which was written by Queen. And um, I have redone the entire theme song to be about um, immortal mice who uh, squeak no wheels and eat the cheese. (laughs) And uh, so the entire song has been rewritten to be about mice. Um, Yeah, just so you know, that's happening in my brain a lot of the time. (laughs) That's more wholesome than my thing where I just write everything about poop in your pants. Yeah, but it's... It's, Honestly, it's it's really fun. Any song, (laughs) it's it's really, really good. I, I advise you. Um, I know this is an audio-only medium, but Chris, did you notice my shirt? Uh, no, I did not. It's a uh, it's a Kaladin Brood shirt. Oh, I should show you. Actually, the back is the is the better way to do this. Oh, the, can't see because of the chair in the way. Yeah, you're you're just backing your chair into your microphone now, Paris. <laughs> I forget how objects work. Wow, it's the whole Malazan 14th Army. Wow, they really dug deep into their Malazan lore. It's not just a band name to them. Yeah. More like Caladan Pood. <laughs> See, that's that genius brain at work right there. Um, 
and sorry, I just I was very excited about the shirt because uh, I have a long a Caledon brood long sleeve, but I didn't have anything I could cut into a crop top. And then Tanner gave me his old one, and it has like yeah, Malazan like Fourteenth Legion whatever on the back. <laughs> it's like real. <laughs> it's the nerdiest metal or metal shirt of all time. I love it. Um, kind of dungeon synth more than metal, but it, whatever. Uh, anyway. Um. Oh right, we're done with this podcast. Right, Why am I still talking? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Don't poop your pants for real. Just write songs about it. It's much more fun. Uh, all right. Uh, all right, Paris. I guess I'm going to go pray one time that <laughs> all of the books next year will be incredibly short like this one. And uh, my prayer will be answered that all patrons will only give us 20 minute long books. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm going to leave and go pray uh, to the food gods because I think I need I think I need another dinner. I had a small dinner, second dinner. All right. Well, good luck with all that. <laughs> See you later, Paris. <laughs> all right. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Terrible Book Club. Terrible Book Club is an independent podcast produced by your hosts, Paris and Chris. Sound design and audio editing by Chris, with sound effects and music by Epidemic Sound and sometimes also Chris. Our theme song is Kiss by Yearn, which is, you guessed it, actually, also Chris. You can find more of his soothing synthy sounds on Bandcamp at yearn.bandcamp.com. Do you want us to review a book of your choice on the show? Do you want access to some extra audiovisual weirdness? If so, become a patron at patreon.com slash terriblebookclub. If you'd like to send us a one-time tip instead, you can do that at ko-fi.com slash terriblebookclub. You can also support TBC for free by sharing the show on social media, following our accounts on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Goodreads, telling your friends about your favorite episode, or by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or anywhere else on the internet. To send us book recommendations or your adorable pet photos, send an email to terriblebookclub at gmail.com.